On today's episode of Content and Conversation, I'm inviting our Director of Content Strategy, Alex Hines, back to the podcast. We're going to talk about content roadmaps for low authority sites. So if you're just starting out, if you're a startup and you are in really competitive industries, I'm thinking things like insurance, personal finance, tech, and you're the underdog, this is what you could do to get started content-wise. So Alex, what is one way that we look at clients like this to set strategy in the beginning? Yeah, one is just to look at low competition terms, which may or may not be lower search volume. And a good way to identify these terms is either to find a site, it might be another competitor, it might be a blogger that has a similar DA to you, or some mid-tier bloggers in your space that have a lower DA and see what's driving the most traffic to their site. Since in a lot of those cases, those types of sites tend to have a lower DA, lower links to their site, and it helps identify those opportunities that are realistic to rank for and drive traffic. So there's a few things you can do as you're getting started. One is to create a KOB doc and basically do a ton of keyword research and prioritize your terms based on traffic value, competitiveness, and a few other metrics. And that kind of helps you build a strong foundation for a content marketing roadmap. Another thing to keep in mind is that you don't necessarily have to find a term that has thousands and thousands of searches per month. It's important to look at the click-through rate and the click volume as well. So there are a lot of terms that actually might be sub 500 searches per month, but actually driving a lot of traffic, maybe because they rank for a bunch of small long tail terms, or maybe because it's one of those terms that people are just looking at multiple results for. So for example, the term what to write in a notebook, which we were actually looking for for one of our clients that sells notebook only has 300 searches per month, but the top ranking post has over a thousand visits per month. And it's a very low competition term. So that's the perfect example of something that maybe if you're a smaller brand, you can go after, likely rank on page one for and start to drive traffic. Alex, when you're kind of looking at, there's a, a lot of different metrics. There's search volume, there's click-through rate, there's keyword difficulty, there's domain authority. Or is there like a list you're prioritizing in your head of what to check first? Or is it kind of just looking at it, all four of them in detail? Yeah, I'd say I prioritize domain authority first, just making sure that a client with a low domain authority can ring on page one and drive value if we're going after certain keywords. And that's why I like to find either comparable sites with the same DA and see what they're ranking for, or even sites with lower DA. So we already know that our client has the leg up. Because if we don't start there and just look at all these big opportunities, our client's not going to be able to compete and they're not going to be able to get on page one. So I think that's something really important. You can also consider like number of links to these pages as well. So obviously, if you're looking at the SERP and every single result has, you know, 10, 20, 30 links, we're not going to rank without any links. So that might be a case where we might want to build a shareable asset around that keyword and pitch it so we can be competitive. Or it might be a case where we say we're not there yet. Let's put that on the back burner and target more of the low hanging fruit opportunities. Do you also have a good example of I've seen where 
like a really big competitive head term is unrealistic to rank for, but maybe there's a smaller, more long tail version that is more realistic. Yeah, I think there's a lot of those cases. One thing that I like to do, especially for lower GA clients, I guess two things I like to do. One is look at the questions feature in Ahrefs. So a lot of the times that pulls in some of those lower search volume, lower competition terms, and then verify those queries. So I might find a question that works, look and see if it has a parent topic or look and see what some of those top posts are ranking for outside of that keyword and then identify some lower competition terms that way. Another thing that can help you easily do this is just filtering by keyword difficulty. So if you have a smaller client, you can automatically filter out all those high keyword difficulty opportunities. Typically, I like to filter somewhere from zero to 20. But it's important to understand that keyword difficulty is a metric of the number of links on the top page. So again, like you do have to do that kind of spot check of like, what are the DAs ranking and other things? And you can't just take a low keyword difficulty term using that score and say, it's an opportunity you should move forward with. So with those tips, when you're building that content roadmap from the beginning and figuring out the right balance of keyword difficulty to search clicks to search volume, another thing that we like to recommend to clients early on in the process, especially if they're low authority, is to find some kind of passive link earner and go big on that term or that piece of content. So find a keyword that you know has passive link potential. We talk about this a lot in past episodes and on our blog. If it is a high competition keyword, maybe you do have to go pretty big and invest a lot into creating a pretty impressive piece that you feel confident you can rank for. But not all passive link topics are also high search volume and high competition. Maybe you can find something in the mid to low tier. And we recommend doing this early on because then you have a nice link engine working for you in the background so that you can also focus on other content formats, knocking out things from the KOB doc that Alex mentioned. Oftentimes, if you're a low authority site or a startup, you're not just in charge of your blog in terms of editorial, but maybe you're doing email marketing and social media too. So this at least allows you to have that passive link earner run in the background to focus on other content needs at your company. Another thing that we've suggested to clients is investing in PPC just to nudge that up to the top of the SERP short term. So then if people are finding that piece, clicking on it, linking to it, you might be able to do a cost benefit analysis where maybe spending $100 for a month to get it to appear at the top of the SERP results in maybe 10 links. That's a pretty good outcome in the end. Another thing that we like to recommend is in the beginning with brainstorming content, not only thinking about topics, but thinking about those linkable audiences or buyer personas that you can map content back to. If you haven't already done some kind of brand discovery or overarching buyer personas, definitely recommend doing that. But if you haven't, then definitely think about who are we creating content for and who can we pitch that to? Also, not all buyer personas mean that they're going to have a corresponding link market or pitch market. For example, if you're a flower delivery company and one of your core customers are men ages 18 to 35, let's say, because you know they're buying a lot of flowers for their girlfriends, their wives, their mothers, etc. But it's actually that buyer persona doesn't relate super well to a pitchable market. There are obviously men-centered magazines like GQ and Esquire, 
but the volume of available pitch opportunities for that is a little bit lower compared to if you were to pivot that for more of a female angle and you think about new moms and mommy bloggers, the volume there is just way greater. Something that I like that I've seen recently is the company Square. They map their content back to small business owners, which as a buyer persona is relevant for them, but also as a linkable market is really huge. So you can go a lot of different angles with small business owners. You can target content around how to motivate employees. You can target content around employee perks or HR things to consider. There's just a lot of different ways you can go just in that one buyer persona. So I find that to be really useful. Alex, when somebody is considering these linkable audiences, what's something else they should keep in mind? I think it's really important to keep in mind your authoritativeness and public persona. So especially if you're a low authority site, a small brand that doesn't have a lot of credibility yet that might limit the type of content that's successful for you. So a lot of the times we have people coming to us asking for some more traditional digital PR, looking for those high DA placements. And that's not to say if you're a small brand that you can't get those, but a lot of the methods are more difficult when you don't have that credibility yet. So for example, for survey content, if you know we're either serving Americans or serving customers and you're pitching some of these higher tier sites, They might not necessarily be as excited about what you're pitching because they've never heard of you, especially, you know, if you're still working on developing your site and design and UX. And we've definitely seen this with some, you know, smaller developing brands of if your site doesn't look very credible and people don't know who you are, or if more credible brands are creating similar content or using proprietary data, yours just won't stand out in the crowd. So It's really important to consider that, especially at early stages, and potentially know that you might have to be, you know, pitching some mid-tier outreach markets or infographics or content formats that maybe people are more receptive to for visual interest, but less for, you know, data authority in the initial stages. It can also be helpful to build out what we like to call a hero asset, even if you can't quite rank for it. And those kind of like Caroline mentioned are those bigger ideas that really does speak to your audience and can generate links over time, but they might have value outside of SEO. So these might be ideas that aren't necessarily mapped to a keyword, but that are just really unique and will spark interest in conversations within the space that you're interested in targeting. So an example that Siege did is how to increase website traffic. And that was essentially an actionable guide of how we've done it, some different case studies. And while we couldn't rank initially, that did generate a lot of buzz, some backlinks, and just some visibility within the markets that we were trying to reach. And if you're not sure kind of how to find these ideas, it could be really useful to look at Facebook, Reddit groups, or things like that, where people are asking questions. I find Quora is a really, really helpful area, or even Harrow, just to understand like what people in your space are interested in, what problems they're having, see if you can build out an impressive solution or a way to help them. Yeah. And something I also see is that if it is tied back to a keyword, but you know you can't rank for it yet, is to place it somewhere in your site architecture and like the top nav or the footer. 
I've seen Moz does this. They have their beginner guide to SEO right there in their footer because that is a really high value hero asset for them that ranks for a bunch of terms. Obviously, Moz is very authoritative today, but they didn't start out that way. Strategically placing content that you know has very high sales potential, high potential to convert. It's something you should consider in your overall site architecture, which gets me to my final point when you are a new startup or low authority site and you're building out that content framework. It's important to launch your blog as quickly as possible, of course, but also consider scale when you're launching it. So we have some clients that maybe come to us where they have been around for about a year, they're ready to invest more in content marketing. And so they spent maybe only a little bit of time getting their blog launched. It was sort of a progress over perfection framework, which I definitely understand. But then they didn't consider how that blog would scale at 100 posts, 500 posts, 1,000 plus posts. And so definitely think about your information architecture, especially once you break that 100 blog post line. I find things like the category pages are not really well maintained. They maybe took an out-of-the-box blog template where it's just a grid of the most recent blog posts, and that's it for their blog role. And maybe now that you have over 100 or a few hundred blog posts, it might be worth categorizing it differently, updating your blog role to resurface content that's doing well for you. Maybe the framework of just most recently published isn't working for you anymore. So if there are ways you can consider that scale at the very beginning, it certainly makes it a lot easier versus having to potentially do a ton of redirects or moving stuff around a lot. But it's never too late to start thinking about that information architecture as well. It's really important to remember too, especially if you are a new lower authority site starting from scratch, that SEO and content marketing takes time. So there's been a lot of cases where a client has come to us, really has no baseline for their blog, and we've built it up and driven a lot of traffic, but we didn't really start to see results until month six or even month 12. And then once we started seeing and getting that momentum, there was a lot more up and to the right. And there was even a case where we were doing this for a client. We were really confident in the foundation that we built, but in six months, there wasn't a ton of results. So they ended up cutting content marketing. And then they came back to us in a year once all those efforts were starting to drive a lot of traffic and links because we had built that foundation and momentum was picking up. And we've been able to build their blog a ton since then. But it took that proof of concept that, you know, takes a little more time for them to buy in. So just make sure you're patient. And if your strategy is sound, you'll start to see results over time. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave us a review.